We are going to continue our talk from yesterday. Yesterday, we can conclude that, in fact, something about the self and not self. The self is merely the work of ignorance or abhicca. So, people has the self, but it is not the self. Merely the self which is not the self. Yesterday, we talked about the self which is not the self. But this morning, we are going to talk about the self which is the real self. So, this might be a little confusing, but it is something that we can say is the truth or reality. So, please try to follow carefully. To understand easily, we'll put it this way. One point is about the self, which usually bites itself, but the other self is the self, which will never bite the self. One self is the self, always bites the owner. The other one is the self, which will never bite the owner at all. To put it more briefly, the self which is attached or the self which people attach to it, it will bite the owner. But the other self which there is no attachment in it, it will never bite. If there is the self which does not bite the owner, then anything which belongs to this self, it will never bite the owner. The other way to say is, if there is no attachment to the self, then anything that seems to be under possession of the self, it will never bite, never bother, never hurt or harm at all. Speaking generally probably sounds like a child speaking. How to live without being bitten? How to live without the self which will never bite the owner? Usually, when a, when a baby or infant is born, there is, it seems there is the self. And this is because of avicca or ignorance. But in fact, it is merely a matter of the work of the sense organs, such as eyes, ears, nose, tongue, body, mind. In fact, if the work is merely the work of the sense organs. But because of ignorance occupies the mind, so the mind begins to cling to vetana or fearing that arising in the mind. And then followed by the attachment to the negative or the positive. So, it is possible to say that the ignorant mind bites itself, but the wise mind will never bite itself. So, we'll see that, in fact, the self has been arising 
or occurs according to the instinct, because of avidya or ignorance, occupies the mind. It has been deluded by the context, by the environments, by the way of having been brought up. So this is how the supposed self has been created according to instinct, natural instinct. So <clears throat> all the time of our living, life has been beaten all the time. Beaten, it means that the mind feels ups and downs, sways back and forth. Sometimes it's high, sometimes it's low. This is the way when we say life is bitten or has been bitten. And later on, after it has been bitten, it has been suffered a lot, lot and a lot. And then one day, the self, the mind of the self, may realize for what to live be suffered so terrible, so dreadful, like that. And then when the mind comes to this point, it will try to find some ways of how to be able to live without being beaten. If this kind of fearing arising in the mind, it means the mind begins to become wise, wiser and wiser. To speak shortly, the mind which does not know all things according to reality, or the ignorant mind <coughs> which does not have the knowledge or the ability to know the truth or the reality of life, it is ignorant. And because of this influence of ignorance, it begins to bite, bite the life of the owner of the self. But the mind, which, is, which has the ability to know about reality of life, it is a wise mind, so it will never bite the life. The mind will always be in peace. In Dhamma language, Dhamma language, we mean that people need to know all things according to what it is, to know things as it is. Should not know things because we think it is, or we think it should be, it ought to be but we should learn to know things as it is, according to its reality. If any mind is wise enough to learn to know things as it is, then it will never be beaten. If a meditator has succeeded or accomplished in practicing Anapanasati, the whole system of Anapanasati, from the first tetra to the fourth tetra, then a meditator will be able to know things as it is, to know the reality of all things. The mind will never attach to anything in the world because it has been convinced that Nothing is worth of having. Nothing is worth of attaching at all. This, we can say, a meditator has a new life. It is really a new life, a life of peace. Or the other way to say, if anybody would like to call it fear, it's an old life because it's my life. But 
even though it's an old life, this time it's a life of wisdom. It will never be beaten. Always we live in blissfulness and peacefulness. Thanajan suggested that instead of using the word know things as it is, Thanajan would like to change from knowing things as it is to be, to know things as it be, to know things as it be. And then the mind will never become ignorant at all. It will always be wise. In the first tetrad of Anapanasati, or mindfulness with breathing, we study about the body. And as you know, when we say body, we emphasize on the breath body. The more we study, the more we practice on the first tetrad. A meditator will begin to realize, in fact, what we supposed to call the self, Really, it is not the self at all. It is not the self at all. When this kind of thought arising in the mind, be convinced in the mind, then the mind will stop, cease all of clinging or attaching to the mind. And so it becomes a free mind, a mind without attachment. About the second tetra, vetana or feeling, a meditator studied until really knows about the nature of vetana, the delusion of vetana. So the mind is free or liberated from clinging to positive or negative. At last, the mind will realize that even Vedana or feeling, it is not self. It is not my Vedana. It is not my feeling. It is merely Vedana as it be. Even the mind which knows the Vedana or the feeling, it is not the self. It's merely the mind. And so at last, Where's the self? Where's the self? A meditator will convince or will be convinced or will realize this reality from one's own practice. The ultimate truth will demonstrate to all of us that, in fact, everything in the world it seems to depend to the influence of Vedana. If anybody can overcome Vedana, certainly he will overcome the world or can conquer the world. And of course, you'll understand the meaning of the world. It's the world inside, the world that human beings build up according to the influence of Vedana. Sometimes the world begins, seems to be bright, sometimes seems to be blue, sometimes seems to be pleasant, sometimes seems to be unpleasant. This is the meaning of the world that we are talking about. So if anybody can conquer Vedana, he certainly can conquer the world. And usually, or naturally, people would like very much to have the Sukha Vedana or happiness, inclined to satisfy, to possess happiness. And on the contrary, try to be as far as possible from Tukha Vedana or unhappiness. So when we come to contemplate, carefully, we'll see that all kinds of Vedana, it doesn't matter whether it is Sukha Vedana or Tukha Vedana, 
always bothers the mind, bites the mind. So please learn to get rid of all of Vedana. Don't let it influence the mind, and then life will live without problem, without dukkha. Usually, all being very natural indeed, all people would prefer to be happy, or prefer to have sukhavetana or happiness. But please think carefully and deeply. We'll see that even though while we are facing or processing the thing that we call sukhavetana or happiness. In fact, there is Tukkavetana or unhappiness hidden behind. Please think carefully. It's hidden behind. Because in fact, there is no happiness. It's merely, it's merely the Tukkavetana or the, or the unhappiness in a disguised form of Sukhavetana or happiness. In fact, there is no real happiness at all, according to Dhamma language. So, if anybody attached to happiness or Sukhavetana, of course, he will be bitten by it. So, if the mind is not ignorant, no attachment, with any kind of Vedana or in this world, whatever it is, how wonderful it is, the mind will never cling to it, never attach to it. Then the mind will become wise, free from ignorance. And so life is truly free and always be in peace. To be able to remember easily, please, Bear in mind, anything that feels to be positive, there is always negative behind that. So, if the mind clings to positive, please remember, there is negative behind that, every time. So, if anybody <coughs> clings to happiness, there is unhappiness behind that. How to notice this? When happiness disappears, once when we feel we process happiness, and then happiness disappears, the result is unhappy. Is that so? So, to remember briefly and easily, any time that there is attachment. Life is beaten, free from attachment, free from being beaten. And this is a peaceful life. There is a technique or a skillful means to deal with Vedana. And that is, if we really know Vedana, so, Vedana will never return to bite us later. How to practice properly in daily life? Suppose you have money deficit in the bank. How to process money without being bitten? Please think carefully. Usually, or in fact, the money is deposited in the bank. But if the person has the feeling that we deposit the money in the bank, it is safe, and no attachment, no clinging to the money in the bank, then life would not be bitten. But if anybody after has deposited the money in the bank and always worry about the money, worry 
of how to do, to use, to spend the money. Always thinking of the money in the ta- all the time. So instead of the money being in the bank, it's all it's already or always in the heart. And so it seems like the owner of the money carries the money with him all the time. And so to have money in this way is really bitter. So just try to be able to have the technique in having the money, to own the money without being bitten, and that is having it, but without attaching to it. More simple example, how to have a car without being bitten by the car. That is, not to feel bad, not having bad temper concerning the car, when there is problems about the car, or you know, because you have the car, you drive the car. So, how to have the car without being, being bitten? Any time that there is problems about the car, how to be able to see it as it be, but not to see it as problems, because of the clinging to the car and clinging to the problem arising that it is my problem, it is my problem. And by that minute, the mind begins or seems to be very heavy, very uneasy, very uncomfortable. And how this happen? It is because of the attachment to the car, that it is my car, and the car seems to be the self. And so when the car is the self, the person is the self, and so the self works with the self, it causes problems. So please learn how to own things without being bitten, and that is learn to own things without attaching to it. Have it, use it wisely, and then problems will never arise. More than this, if the person is very rich, very wealthy, or has the power, being a very powerful person, how to be powerful without being bitten? How to be rich without being bitten? It seems that this is a repetition of example, but it is very important that person who wish to have a peaceful life should try to contemplate it in it again and again more and more deeper and deeper. So how to be rich without being bitten? How to be powerful without being bitten? The secret of this technique is merely not attached to it. Whatever we have, whatever we possess, take it as it is, take it as it be, don't cling to it, and then life never be beaten. Now we come to the example of our daily life, such as being husband and wife. How to live as husband and wife without being bitten? Could you imagine about this when we say to live together without being bitten? That is no fighting, no fighting between husband and wife. The way or the secret of to deal with this problem is learn to live together as husband and wife, yes, but without the feeling of clinging or attaching. This is my wife, this is my husband. In fact, merely friends. Merely friends. If any couple can live together in this way, it is possible to say that they are living on the Dhamma path 
and that is right. It is right. It should be satisfied to be able to live in that way. So to live together without attaching as husband and wife, but as friend, then the minds of the couple will be up or beyond vedana or feeling. That is beyond positive or negative. If anybody can accomplish this point, it means they really able to overcome vedana, really conquer vedana, and really conquer the world. So, because the matter about Vedana is very significant to life, to all of us, please make a close observation, a close notice about this matter. Have all of us ever thought, ever considered that most of our life have been a slave or victim to Vedana all the time. Lord Buddha used to say that Vedana is the origin of all problems of life of human beings. So people should learn not to cling to Vedana or feeling, whether it is good or bad, Sukhavetana or Tukhavetana, don't cling to it. Then we shall become master of Vedana instead of being slave to Vedana. From our observation, we will see that it doesn't matter who the man is, a millionaire, a politician, a beggar, the employer, or employee, or anybody in, in the world, always becomes slave to Vedana. The professor, the student, becomes slave to Vedana, attached to Vedana all the time. And so Vedana is the origin of all problems, but it seems to be a hidden one. So people feels it's very difficult to see the root of the cause of all problems arising from Vedana. It has caused argument. It has caused the war. If we study why the war has been declared, why people fight with each other, why the nations fight with the nation, it's all arising from this world Vedana of feeling. When Vedana occupies the mind, the man becomes left to it and so acts accordingly to the Vedana or to the inference of the Vedana. And this, human beings doing this, it is because of ignorance that occupies the mind since they are children. They don't realize it. Really, they don't want to do it. But because they don't want, they don't know the truth of this, and so they act accordingly. So everybody who would like very much to be free, to be free from this problem, to be free from being slave to Vedana, so learn to try to overcome Vedana by knowing all aspects of the nature of Vedana until being able to see its delusion and then will free oneself from being victim to it and problems will be disappeared. In the first paragraph about the mind or the citta, in fact the mind or the citta is the most important thing in the world, or is the most important thing to life. In the olden days, long, long ago, 
it is taught that the mind is the self, the mind is the atta. But in Buddhism, in Buddhism, it has been taught that, in fact, the mind can be trained, the mind can be cultivated, the mind can be mastered. Who will master the mind? Of course, it is the wise mind that has been cultivated. It will be able to train the ignorant mind, the other part of the mind, which is still ignorant because it has not entirely or totally cultivated. So, in fact, the mind can be developed, can be adjusted, can be trained to become the right mind, the wise mind, the proper mind, that will be able to deal things properly, rightly. So, don't try to think or to claim that the mind is the self or the mind is the Atta. In fact, it is not. The mind or the Chitta is merely an element, merely an element or Hato, merely an element. If the mind or the Chitta has been trained, then the trained mind or the cultivated mind will be a master, a master of life. How to testify that it is a master? That is, the mind can be trained or can be developed to become still, firm, well established, or it can be liberated from all clinging and from all attaching. To speak shortly or to make it understand more simply, the trained mind can be put into positive way. That is, to make it satisfy, order the mind to be satisfied, to be joyful. Or if the mind to be ordered, to be still, to be in the middle, to be firm, to be very well concentrated, it can be. Or to order it, to be liberated from all clinging and attaching, it can be. This to prove the mind that has been well trained, well cultivated. It can be anything as it has been ordered to be. So if anybody still attached to the mind as being the self, then life will always be on and off, sometimes crying, sometimes laughing. And this is, we can say that it is not the mind, which is not in a normal state, and life will always be bitten. So the mind is very important. It can be trained in any way that it wishes to be. So learn to master the mind, and life will not be bitten. Now, coming to the fourth precept about Dhamma, it is not easy to translate the word Dhamma, but we can translate it in a very brief one, a very short word. That is, Dhamma means thing, thing, T-H-I-N-G, thing. All things in the world, we can say, it is Dhamma. Everything in the world is Dhamma. Dhamma means thing. But because ignorance that usually occupy the mind of human beings, so it seems that 
all things or everything seems to be attached and seems to be take to be taken as the self. But the wise person, the wise mind, will regard all things as part of the nature, merely the nature. It is not the self, according to the influence of avicca or ignorance. So please learn to see things as part of the nature. Don't cling to it. It's merely the part of the nature. In fact, there is nothing to be attached to as this or that. But usually, because of the behavior that human beings are accustomed to it, any time when we have the contact arising, we always cling to it as positive. Or negative. For instance, a child, when he walks and bumps to the chair, hits the chair, he feels hurt, he gets angry, and so he takes the chair as the self, as the thing that hurts him, and considers himself as the self. So now there are two selves. One self is the chair, the other one is the child, and so the two selves begins to fight. In fact, you see for yourself that is not self at all. The chair is merely the chair, and the child is merely the child. But because of ignorance occupies the mind, it makes the child thinks the chair as an enemy. Begins to get angry with it, begins to fight with the chair because he feels the chair hurts him, even though it's he himself walks carelessly, so he bumps into the chair. And this, it is because of avicca or ignorance that used to occupy in the mind. It makes the mind begins to cling to vedana and creates the feeling of positive. Or negative. So, don't try to cling or to be, to be deluded by negative or positive. Always develop the mind to be above or beyond positive or negative. This is the ultimate truth, the ultimate dhamma. There is one thing, the significant point that every meditator should bear in mind, that is, all things is not self. All things is anatta. Anatta is not self. So, when one can reach to this state of understanding and seeing and being convinced with this reality, of anatta, it means the mind is really liberated from all clinging and attaching. It will always become void, void from clinging, cravings, from all attachings, from all kinds of batterings. Um, please try to think it over. What have we done in our life? Is it true that since we are born until now, we have been living with the thought of having the self? Is that so? We have been living with the thought of having the self or being the self all the time. We take everything that comes involved as being the self. Love is the self, hate is the self, anger is the self, 
all things is the same. Even though the sense organs such as eyes, ears, nose, tongue, body, mind. In fact, all these sense organs are part of the nature. It belongs to the nature. It functions when it has to be functioned. But ignorance makes people think them, think of them as the self. In fact, it is not. Even though the outer sense organs, sight, sound, smell, touch, thought, taste, sight, sound, smell, taste, touch, and thought regarded as the self. In fact, they are not. And this is how we live how we live like this for so long, with the feeling of having the self, being the self, and take everything as part of the self. In fact, all these feelings, or all these of thinking arising from the consciousness, the unwise, the untrained consciousness, that makes the feeling of taking everything as the self, even though the contact that has arisen. You understand the word about the contact or the patsa. When the patsa arises, whether it is the form or it is the sound or it is the smell, we take it as real. It is the Atta. That's why it has conditioned the Vedana or the feeling. When the contact arises, the mind, the untrained mind, the uncultivated mind, try to cling to it and condition the Vedana or the feeling as liking or disliking. And so it seems that even Vedana, that is merely Vedana, but it seems to be real, seems to be the self. Even though perception or sanya seems to be real, seems to be the self, or sankhan, sankhara, seems to be the atta or the self. So, in fact, the five aggregates or the five kanta usually is merely part of the nature, comes from the nature, at last will return to the nature, but the ignorant mind consider it, take it as real. Whether it is rupa, rupa, that means the form, Vedana, feeling, or sanya, perception, or sankhan, conception, vinyan, or consciousness. These five things are merely part of the nature. But because of ignorance, we all cling to it as self. Self, and these are belong to the self, the things are belong to the self. The self, we call it Atta. And the things that belong to the self, we call Attaniya, Attaniya. Whether it is Atta, the self, or Attaniya, the things belong to the self, the ignorant mind always cling to all of them as real. This is self, this is myself, this is mine. It's always me and mine. And because of this state of mind, which does not have the knowledge of reality or knowledge of the things as it be, so it has been bitten, it has been suffered all the time. 
So we should learn about the truth of the Dhamma or the reality until the mind being liberated from clinging or attaching. Looking through some other things, such as animals, the dogs, the cats, we still take it as real, as the self, my dog, my cat. Sometimes we like it, we love it. Sometimes we hate it, we want to hit it. When we feel dissatisfied with its behavior, see, it is because of ignorance. Dog, merely the dog. Cat, merely the cat. Why do we have to take it as real? Why we have to take it as the self? It is because of the first clinging to this thing, this body, as the self. So it makes this ignorant mind to cling to all things as the self. Even though something like microphone, which is not living being at all, we still cling to it as the self. If it works well, it's good. I like this microphone. I want to use this microphone all the time that I speak. But if I don't like it because I, it doesn't work well, I want to break it. I want to get rid of it, destroy it. See, what happens? What is the cause that makes the mind to become very crazy like this? It is because of ignorance that occupies the mind. When does the self, it makes this ignorant self to take everything as the self. So the ultimate truth or the ultimate Dhamma is everything is merely part of the nature. All things is anatta, not self. So when one can reach or realize this reality, the mind will become truly free, truly liberated. It will never bite the mind or the life, or life will be living without being bitten at all. So please think how free, how pleasant it will be to be able to live without being bitten. To come to conclusion, the ultimate knowledge or the supreme knowledge is nothing is self, nothing is self. There should be no thinking of anything as self or soul. The mind will be void from attachment and then it will be void from the self, from being the self or from having the self. Any mind that has reached to this realization of not clinging or attaching, it is truly a free mind. So this should be the final goal of practicing Dhamma. Practicing Dhamma for what? To meditate for what? To learn to cultivate the mind to develop the mind, to become really free from all kinds of cravings, attaching, especially attaching to the thing that's supposed to call the self, and being able to see things as it be, to see things as part of the nature. It is just that. It is just that. When the mind has reached to this point of the practice, we can say, we come to the end. We come to the final goal of life. This life will be truly free, truly beyond all negatives or positives. It shall never be beaten again, always become in peace, in peace and genuine happiness.
This is it. This is the thing that we are looking for, we are searching for, and it is the final goal or the ultimate goal of all human beings. Now there might be a problem. All we have talked about is rather takes time, is quite long, is a very delicate matter, deep, very delicate. How to explain to friends? How to explain to others? I should like to add, even how to explain to ourselves, to be able to really understand it, to be able to reach this point. But there is the technique of how to do so. What has been practiced since the old generations is children or young people have been taught that, in fact, this life doesn't belong to us. It is the thing that has been borrowed from nature. You agree? It's something that has been borrowed from nature. So how could we take it as the self when it is the thing that borrowed from nature? It is nothing more than that. So it is merely element that borrowed from nature. And so young people in the old generation would dare to think or to take that this is myself because they have been advised to learn to the fact that it is merely the thing that has been borrowed. And so they were honest enough not to take borrowing things as theirs. And so they just learned to see it. Ah, it's merely element. It's the thing that has been borrowed. So this life doesn't belong to anybody at all. Even the I or my that always claim, this is my life, please understand clearly or understand properly. It's merely the thing that has been borrowed from nature. Nothing more than that. If you are Christian, we may put it this way. This life has been borrowed from God. God just let this life to be borrowed. And so when this life has been given or borrowed from God, the duty of us is learn to develop it, learn to cultivate it to be a good life. And at last, we'll return to God, to unite to God, to be with God. So in this case, we'll see that there is no self, not self at all. It's just the thing merely borrowed. But in Buddhism, we would say that it has been borrowed from the nature. And so when it's borrowed, just use it and use it in the most beneficial way that it will be advantageous to life, that is not to be bitten. The nature let us, let human beings borrow every part of this life consists of elements and these elements when it unite when they united stay together it becomes life. So don't betray to nature. Don't try to steal the thing that exactly belongs to nature, to become mine, to become me or mine. Because when nature let us borrow the life, it's very sincerely doing so by the nature. The nature does not ask for the interest of this borrowing at all. So it is the genuine giving, given from nature. What should the human beings 
do to this life. Try to use it, live with it, cultivate it, develop it until it has reached the final goal. That is to be the liberated life, to be the free life, and at last will return to nature when death comes. And death also parts of the work of nature. It doesn't have any meaning. It doesn't have anything very important. If the person knows how to spend life, how to cultivate life, to be the good life, the useful life, until reaching the final goal and return to nature. So please be honest to nature. Don't try to betray or to steal something that borrowed from nature. This life has been borrowed by nature for the sake of training or cultivating or developing in time. When we say in time, to learn to develop it to the best, to the best, to reach the supreme thing that life should have. So there is not self, there is no tukka, there is no problem concern the thing of which we call the self at all. This we may say, any life that has reached this point, it is a true emancipation of life. And this kind of borrowing, there is no condition. It's the borrow without condition. It's the kindness or the genuine, the genuine, the genuine giving of the nature, of which what human beings should do after this is trying to develop it, to do it as quick as fast as possible. So we shall be in time before the death comes. We don't really know when the death comes. When the death comes, it means the time that the nature tells us. Now it's time that you should give me back the life that I have borrowed to you. So we really don't know how much time we have. So, so during the time that we still have, just hurry, hurry to cultivate it, to develop it, to reach the point of emancipation. If when coming to old age, realize that this is a warning. It is a warning. Time is close. There is not much time left. Should be hurried to learn to develop the mind, to get the best of life. Or when sickness arises, again, it's the warning. Warning of the impermanence, the anichang. So don't, don't hurry. Uh, don't hesitate. Should try to hurry. So if anybody or any mind realizes this fact, this is the function of life, to learn to cultivate the mind until reaching the state of emancipation. This, we can say, he has function, he has performed the function that a man should do. But if the development has not finished, has not completed, and death comes before that before that accomplishment, and life does not receive the supreme thing that life should be. You see, whether this will be profitable or unprofitable. So, life should be doing for the development to get the supreme thing, that is emancipation. And always remember, life has been borrowed from nature. And when the time of death comes, it means the time to return all things back to nature. I don't think that 
You are an intelligent people. I consider you are all intelligent people. So in fact, we don't need to use the technique of saying life has been borrowed from nature. In fact, it's not necessary. What we need to do is to study about patija samubhat or dependent origination and itap patijata, the law of conditionality. And then we shall realize that, in fact, life has been flowing according to the law of nature. And any day, any time that the mind has reached this knowledge, then it will be a liberated mind and life will never be bitten again. Thank you very much for your kind attention. You are very good listeners. I do appreciate this, but you still sit, listen patiently and attentively. So thank you.